Welcome to the Around the Table podcast, where we believe there's room for everyone at the table. In this special episode, we have Greg Williams joining us to shed some light on what's going on in Israel, how God is moving miraculously in the midst of it all, and how we can pray for those involved in the situation. If you joined us New Year's Eve for our end-of-year service at New Covenant Church, you may have seen this testimony video. But this is the full interview with more information, and we really believe that this episode is going to build your faith even more. So pull up a chair, and let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Uh, Had the chance here to sit down with Greg Williams. Greg Williams has been a part of our church uh, since we were in youth together. And I gosh, that was only like five years ago. Yeah, yeah, we're so young, but... (laughs) Uh, some time ago, we'll leave that as a mystery. We were in youth together, and Greg and I worked together at the church and media. And then Greg actually has been living in Israel for 15 years, doing work yeah. there, doing ministry there, has his family there. And he was in for a time. He's not able to be with us at the service today, but I wanted to sit down with him and just talk about maybe some of the things that he's seeing uh, in Israel. He was there when the attacks happened in October 7th. Yeah. And able to see what God is doing, even in the midst of chaos. And thought it'd just be great to sit down and talk to you, maybe get some updates on some things going on. So, Greg, tell us a little bit about what happened and what you see happening currently in Israel. Yeah, you know, so we've, gosh, in the last 15 years we've been in Israel, we've seen operations after operations, not quite a war, quote-unquote, but, I mean, you know, rockets being fired. I remember my, my first son, Zechariah, when he was born, yeah. uh, you know, having to dodge rockets while Sarah was pregnant. And then, you know, he was just born having to, you know, huddling over his uh, baby bed when rockets were falling on Jerusalem. And, you know, <laughs> should we run to the shelter way out? Uh, he's sleeping. Do we yeah. move him right now? Uh, Why did he wake your baby first? Yeah, yeah. First parent issues. Um, you know, first first kid issues. I remember so, that. Yeah. I mean, so this is not our first rodeo. We've had, uh, you know, various, not quite intifadas, but pretty close to it. We've had all sorts of, it, it's almost become all too common when Israel's under attack from Gaza. But what happened on the 7th was something extraordinary. And I think... Um, you know, a lot of people are asking, like, what time it is and what's going on. And I'd say, you know, obviously the, the fact that we are, you know, living in the state of Israel today, the Jewish people returning back to their homeland, we're living in biblical times. These are biblical times. You know, we talk about, oh, man, if I could have been in the days of our forefathers, you know, Abraham and seen David and seen, you know, when Yeshua walked, when Jesus was walking on the earth, like, how awesome would that be? Well, you're living in that day right now. So we're there you know, um, and we're able to witness these things before us today. And just like it was back then, it is today. This is a spiritual war. Right. These are, this is not flesh and blood. This is not negotiation of land uh, for peace or, you know, if you give us this, then we'll, you know, be friends again. That's why it's confounded the Western nations for so long is because they try to negotiate according to how you and I would negotiate right. some sort of conflict. But that's not what we're dealing with. It's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual conflict. And I remember it was the day before, October 7th, the, the day before the attack, on October 6th. In fact, you know, our church would sometimes lead these little tours, and we happened to to go to this one place, and right next to it was the gravesite of Moshe Dayan. And our tour guide said, hey, today's the anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. 
Uh, there's some important people buried here. Let's go visit uh, Moshe Dan's grave, and we'll talk about his life. And it was really interesting because it was on that day, you know, he's sitting around telling the story of Moshe Dan, who was one of the pivotal uh, generals during the Six-Day War and the, and the Yom Kippur War. And he, uh, our friend, said, you know, unless we change, we'll follow the same steps as Diane did when on the Yom Kippur War, that they were divided as a nation and they became prideful. And this great tragedy, this great attack of the enemy came. And uh, what was amazing is uh, only hours later, all of a sudden this, this unprecedented attack from Hamas came and shocked the whole nation. I, I couldn't believe it when I woke up, uh, but I, re I re remembered that morning what he said. Uh, he quoted from Deuteronomy, he said, Beware lest you say in your heart, our own power and our own might has brought us into this land and given us this great victory. And it was God's warning of, of the attacks to come and not to be prideful in yourself. And I had another friend, another colleague, had, had literally had the same word on that Thursday before the war and just kind of told another friend, I think we're going to have another day on Kippur because we're divided as a nation wow. and we're prideful in our own strength. And look, the enemy comes in like a flood, you know, but then you see God's miracles come afterwards. And, you know, that's time after time you see in the Bible that same pattern, you know, the enemy's attack and God's response. Yeah. And, and so and that's been the history of the Jewish people from the beginning. It's all, there's always been an, a, an attempt by the enemy to eradicate the Jewish people. Yeah. Like this is nothing new. This has been their plight from the, you know, from Egypt even. And it's because God has set his promise in them. He's chosen to take, you know, fallible beings like us yeah. who are full of mistakes and failures just like the jewish people are just like we are yeah. and yet he sovereignly put his covenant there in that land amongst the, those people and that's why you see it under such attack it's because his covenant is there the enemy is attacking the covenant of god not just the people of god right. and so you know it was it was shocking it was incredibly deeply shocking just to us personally to our family to our kids to all of our friends um, you know, there was just the first few days, it was just everything shut down. There was people running, you know, uh, a lot of friends that we work with and ministry we work with. It was, it was, uh, just immediately jumped into action. And, uh, so I remember, uh, so I, we had gotten notification about some, you know, elderly, uh, Holocaust survivors and elderly people that were evacuated from Sederot, which is one of the Southern uh, neighborhoods there. And uh, so it was like a old old person's home that was evacuated up to Netanya where we live. And so they were in the hotels, but they didn't have a lot of the, they literally just left with the clothes on their back. Yeah. And so we had to get like slippers and a bunch of different other things like, you know, uh, hoodies and jackets to stay warm and things like that. And so I, I brought my son along with me. And so we went and bought everything they needed and stuff and, and went over and uh, asked them, hey, what medicine do you need? Went to Super Farm, grabbed some some supplies. And my son was looking and there was another group over here serving these guys. And while we were buying the supplies for these uh, elderly people, there was another group of moms, just, you know, soccer moms, you would think, you know, whatever. And they were buying stuff for another hotel full of children. Wow. And it was like, and my son said, he's a very wise kid. He said, Dad, my dream came true today. Wow. 
I, I, I wanted to see the world unified. Huh. I wanted to see the world come together. A very profound statement for a 10-year-old. But yeah, he's seeing all, he everybody saw rallying that. together. Yeah, everyone yeah. rallying together. And it was like, here's these moms over here. Just you go, whatever you need. And I, I mean, people were, they closed up their, you know, shawarma shop and falafel shops and went down to the front and set up a little makeshift shawarma shacks out, out of their truck. Yeah. Cooking food for the soldiers out of their own pocket. Yeah. Very similar to 9-11 here. Yeah. That happened, the rallying of all of that. But what have you seen like since then? Because we're hearing stories too from people that uh, even in the midst of all of this, there are Muslims, there are Pakistanis who are having dreams of essentially Jesus, Yeshua, a man with kind eyes just coming to them and they're giving their lives to follow him in the middle of all of this war. What are you seeing? Are you seeing anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's just like when ISIS, because Hamas is ISIS. Yeah. You know, in fact, they they carry their flag with them to their attacks. Um, so it's the same mentality. It's the same result. We saw a great awakening mm -hmm. when ISIS carried out all their murders back in the day. And we're seeing a similar awakening today. Um, I think that you have the Middle East is is waking up. Those whose heart is humble yeah. are seeing visions, are seeing dreams, and uh, and that's our prayer every day is that more and more yeah, was, uh, their eyes would be open. You know, there's a ministry that we're part of that that's ministering to uh, Muslims in Gaza and uh, Muslim background believers are coming to faith, and and so. You know, and that's not just since then. You guys are seeing that all year. Yeah, it, with that, you know, where it was really, it's really difficult because you read on the news, but then you have the personal connections. Right. And I mean, we're we're on the phone with some of these guys while we were able to be on the phone. And I remember in the first days when we did have contact with them, they they were telling us how they tried to flee to the south. But there was checkpoints, and basically they were shooting at people that were trying to flee. Hamas was shooting at civilians. Wow. They're killing them. I mean, they don't care. They don't care. Right. You know, hundreds, and not, I think probably thousands at this point, of rockets, you know, go up in the air and boom, right back down on their own people. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to the, to the you know, to the uh, hospital, the Baptist hospital, is, you know, it just went on and came back down. It's clear as day that that was a Hamas rocket. But, you know, it's that's the problem today is a lie will travel around the world and be accepted four times before the truth ever makes it out the gate. And that's that's what we're seeing today. People are buying into these lies. Um, you know, just kind of inside that culture war that we're fighting is is we have, you know, I, I remember it was even in our congregation, there were some of the people who, um, in the Israeli congregation, there was uh, many people who had had questions from their relatives of, oh, does do the Israelis not value Palestinian lives as much as Israeli lives? Because they give they give five Palestinian uh, prisoners, by the way, murder murderers, prison, attempted murderers, they're giving for one kid, innocent civilian. Okay, so they're like, oh, so you guys five to one. So I guess you think you're more important. No, we would only give one for one or none for one yeah. if we could. But the Palestinians are the ones. But that lie circled so deeply. We had people in our own congregation having to field these questions, mm. like to their own family, yeah. to their own family back in Russia and wherever. Of like, oh, why do you think you're like this? And oh, whoa, that's so backwards. It's illogical. But this whole conflict, 
You can't logic it. it you, the only time where logic comes into play is when you understand the scriptures, when you understand in the scriptures what God has promised and what he's put in this land and to these people. Then it makes sense. Then the animosity makes sense mm-hmm. because it's, it's spiritual, spiritual war. Spiritual war. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I can't imagine some of the things you guys have been through with your family there, but we're grateful that you are here and that you're safe. But uh, we're seeing we're seeing so many people come to faith. Yeah, I know we talked about the Muslim world. There's many people open because they see the true nature. Right, and I, I'm believing for a revival in Gaza. I'm not. and I'm believing for an awakening uh, there in Gaza and the West Bank when they see that. Wow, you know this is a religion of murder and death. Yeah, you know this is not this is not life. I mean this is this is backwards i need to and they start searching for truth and then they find these videos and they find these resources yeah, but these, likewise these videos talk about those videos because you this is something we're so, seeing yeah so we're you know even in in israel we're seeing like uh there's some ministries that are seeing over a million views a month wow in israel alone a million in a israel month. is not very big yeah so that's that's a population group of around like as far, as far as Hebrew speakers would be around like the seven million. Yeah, and you're hitting a million of months are in Hebrew. Yeah, and they're, so they're for Israelis for Jews. And that's just one of the ministries. There's actually a few other ministries that are seeing amazing numbers. You know, uh, nearby, like also pretty miraculous numbers of, of people. Very, there's a hunger. Yeah, because look. You know, I say we're living in biblical times, yeah, but also the rabbis are saying the same thing. Yeah, um, there's an expectation for the Messiah to come. You know, there's a lot of rabbis that are saying it's going to happen this this Passover, and you know they have likewise a lot of predictions. Yeah. Right? We haven't um, seen that before. Though. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no one's ever called these dates before. Um, but basically, it's it. There's an expectation for the Messiah to come. Yeah. There's, uh, I think, in a way, what happened on the seventh shattered everyone's bubble of security by our own power and might. You know, Israel is one of the most technologically advanced armies in the world. One of the strongest militaries and one of the best intelligence organizations in the world. What happened in that time was, with this attack, was something unprecedented. It was something inconceivable that could ever happen. Right. And um, I remember it was a few days after that war. Oh, man, it really shook, shook us up is that... Um, I'm bringing some friends back home. We're uh, we're we're doing. Uh, I'm, I'm like we're gonna have Bible study no matter what because right now this is when people need it. Right. And so we we're hosting a study at my house, and as I was taking some friends back home, all of a sudden we started to see the red alerts come in from the north. It just started kind of like you know piling up, and I'm like that's impossible. We're already at war stats. We already have people. That, how are they getting through? And it just kept coming, coming all the way into the Galilee. So by the time I got to the house, I mean, I was seeing stuff beyond the Galilee, like them coming closer Way and closer. And I'm like, this is impossible. This can't be real. And it ended up being a, like, they called it off. And it went from from that to, like, all all of our neighbors out on their back porch, you know, singing the Hatikvah and shouting out, I was real high, you know, and everything from the balcony and we joined them out. I brought the kids out of the bomb shelter because I mean, it, it, it keep just that phrase is something you'll probably never have to say. I brought the kids out of the bomb shelter, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when I first, when we first moved back, I was trying to get the kids excited about moving from Texas back to Israel again. And, you know, marketers, 
Yeah, we're marketing, mar- marketing it. So I'm like, hey, look, your your bedroom, it's like missile proof. Look at these big walls. And then Zechariah, who's very brilliant, says, there's people trying to kill us. Why do they need, why do we need missile proof walls, Dad? So yeah. so people are shooting missiles at us? Oh, no, no, not right now, Zechariah. We're okay. It's all good. You know, those, uh, those videos, I want to touch back on that real quick because maybe if you don't know the context of those videos, you know, saying you're getting millions of views a month within the country um, may not matter unless you know the context of those videos. Those videos are like parables and explaining the gospel. He apologetics, yeah, various apologetics. Because videos. in Israel, you know, you can't, if you are a Jew and you are uh, Yeshua seeking or curious, you cannot just go ask your family about it. You can't openly, they'll disown you. You'll be kicked out of your synagogues. And so, so in fact, this is, the most published book in the world, the most popular Jewish author in the world, you won't find his books anywhere in any bookstore in Israel. Stamansky's, you know, all, all of the major chains, you won't find one New Testament yeah. in any of those bookstores. And I, I guess one misconception, there's a lot of people who might have, you know, kind of looked into, uh, you know, the Jewish people in Israel the religious would say, we're studying Torah. We're studying Torah. Well, actually, it means they're studying the Talmud. There's actually kind of a... Which is rabbinical writings. Yeah, it's the rabbinical writings. They're not actually reading the scriptures uh, very much at all. It's kind of like uh, the mentality amongst the ultra-Orthodox is that that's for kids to read. The serious people read the Talmud, which is the rabbinical writings, which are very much kind of anti-the gospel writings. Um, It'd be like you not studying scripture and you studying somebody's commentary exactly. on the scripture versus mm-hmm. actually reading the scripture yourself. Because there's in a way kind of like this, uh, this sort of thought, which was prevalent also, you know, in the Catholic Church too, of that you can't, you peasant, you can't uh, understand this. This is for the more learned. This is for the holy men. This is for the priests. It's for the Pharisees. I'm sorry, the religious leaders. Exactly. So there's a mentality that how could... You can't understand Isaiah. Don't even try to read it. You can't understand uh, the scriptures. You need to let the learned disciples, the rabbis, teach you. And don't try to learn it yourself. Well, I'll tell you, the Talmud is 10 times more complicated than the Torah. Yeah. But but basically, it's hidden from them. It's pulled back from them. And, you know, there's a ministry uh, that I know that's reaching, there's like 20,000 a month who are downloading the New Testament online they're ordering bibles they're reading the bible online truth is getting in it's just you're having to use technology uh to do it and even because of that we're seeing like even rabbis get to faith yeah which is huge i've heard stories of of a few uh, quite a few just in the last month just in the last well two months since the war broke out we've had two that have come forward it's amazing and uh from friends of mine and, and so and it's that's really a big, big, big deal. That's yeah. a big deal. And we get to be a part of that because we're part of supporting some of these ministries that we're talking about here. Uh, just saying, hey, we we believe in ministry to the Jew first, just like the scripture says. So, yeah, we're seeing Incredible. some amazing fruit, you know, uh, many coming to faith, many being baptized, many taking those steps into discipleship as well. And so that's really core on our heart is to, to be there. It's awesome to see that. So tell us maybe how we can pray. Like, how can we be praying like some prayer points and how can we pray for, for you and your family? So we're, we're keeping that at the forefront of our mind. 
Yeah, you know, one thing really heavy on my heart right now is, uh, you know, uh, the people of Israel are in real extreme trauma uh, between the fear and the the pain and the anger of what happened on October 7th. Um, and even just persisting today, the terror attacks that happen all the time um, to, you know, just the constant tension, you know, I mean, we've, we've now buried another Messianic soldier, you know, a Jewish believer in Jesus. He, he passed away from, he was killed in action. Mm-hmm. And uh, many others who were wounded as well, just in, in the Messianic uh, faith. And uh, and then we're seeing our, our, you know, just all these tragedies, confusion on the battlefront. And you've probably seen in the news some of the horrible things that have happened of just you know, the fog of war and the, the pain of all these things is very intense. I guess one of my big prayers is that, you know, one, that there'd be healing um, for, for, for the believers, that there would, yeah. we would be able to maintain the unity of the bond of peace. Um, I, I seen it firsthand because, you know, we ran a film school in Jerusalem for, for nine years, and we had Jewish and Arab students together. And I've seen firsthand how the propaganda, uh, really, it, you could say on both sides, you know, uh, you could see propaganda really turn people like that. Um, especially amongst the Palestinians, there's just a lot of believers that just are hearing these stories and they're just hearing the news on their side. And it's hard for them to uh, not have hatred in their heart and have uh, anger in their heart. So pray for pray for that, praying for peace, pray for truth. And, um, but also just pray for the open doors for the gospel, you know, and that we would be prepared for what's to come next. You know, I think, there's been a lot of questions. Well, what is this war leading to? Is this Gog and Magog? Is this leading to Gog and Magog? One thing we know for sure, we see so many signs of this hatred that has to come before the end of days. And my prayer is that we wouldn't have a bomb shelter eschatology, right. but we'd have a harvest eschatology. Yeah. And when we look at when we look at the end of days, we wouldn't just be looking to uh, let's let's catch the first train up up into the sky that I can, but that we would be busy in the harvest. That's right. And, you know, when I read the book of Revelation, I see harvest, harvest, harvest. I see a mentality, just like there was a great harvest during the time of the Exodus, which likewise had similar plagues and issues and stuff like that. Um, you also had a time of great harvest of the nations, and you saw a mixed multitude come out, yeah. not of the people of Israel, but of the nations that were coming to faith through seeing the God of Israel work. And so when I look at the war going on, I would say pray not just for us to have victory on the battlefield. We need that. We need a swift victory. We need a quick victory so we can bring peace. But then, not just that, but that they would see God. It's not just good enough. Don't just give us the victory. Give us the victory in a way we see God's hand in a very real way. And I've I've heard so many miracles, miraculous stories of guns that were jammed and not working on October 7th as guys were running into battle with just these antiquated, like, unmaintained weapons the gun was just jamming and then he got on the battlefield and fired true straight every boom boom not one jam he went like he went that. back to the firing range after you know uh, like when he got off the front line went to the fire range jam 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 the gun was the gun was never working uh you know one guy uh he had a psalm a book of the psalms in his pocket 
and a bullet hit the Psalms book wow. and saved his life. Like movie. And there's so many stories of like uh, visions and angels. Um, just God, God is moving. He's moving. I mean, I pray that it just becomes more evident in everybody there. Amen. And and you know, ultimately, look, this is what we're going for: is that that all would see and know uh, Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah of Israel. That our uh, our Arab brothers, Muslim brothers, would come to faith, seeing the Savior of Israel yeah. is their Messiah as well, and that we would see that really grow in power and might. Amen. Well, Greg, thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing with us these updates. We are praying for you and your family, and we love you. Appreciate you being with us today. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. We're so glad you were able to join us today for this episode. And hey, this is an open discussion where we want you to be involved. We want to hear what you want to talk about. Have an idea for a podcast episode topic? We want to hear it. So you can send your topic suggestions or questions for Q&A episodes to AroundTheTable at WeAreNCC.com. You can also text the word TABLE to 903-200-3808 or just visit WeAreNCC.com and you can find us there. We're praying you are blessed and we'll see you next time here at the table.